Welcome to Music History Monday for June 14th, 2021. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Henry Mancini. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash robertgreenbergmusic, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We mark the death on June 14, 1994, 27 years ago today, of the composer, songwriter, conductor, and arranger Enrico Nicola Henry Mancini in Beverly Hills, California, at the age of 70. Known primarily for his film and television scores, Mancini received 20 Grammy Awards and four Oscars. Today's Music History Monday and tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes posts are conceived as a single large unit. Here's how they will play out. Henry Mancini was the most influential American film composer of his generation. He was also the outstanding composer of what is now called the modern Hollywood film score. Today's post will dwell on what constitutes the modern Hollywood film score, how it evolved, why it evolved, and why Mancini is considered its supreme representative. Tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes post will offer up Mancini's biography along with the recommended discs, which feature his best-known works, including his Oscar-winning songs, Moon River and Days of Wine and Roses, and his scores to Peter Gunn, Breakfast at Tiffany's, and The Pink Panther, among many others. Background. My Music History Monday and Dr. Bob Prescribes posts for February 8th and 9th of this year dealt with the life and music of the composer John Williams, born 1932. As we discussed back in February, as a film composer, Williams's work is a throwback to what is referred to as the classic Hollywood film score. As established in the 1930s and 1940s by the great one himself, Max Steiner, 1888-1971, whose film scores include Gone with the Wind, Casablanca, King Kong, and the Kane Mutiny, the classic Hollywood film score featured almost continuous orchestral music for the duration of a film and employed a musical language based on the orchestral music of late Romanticism of Richard Wagner, Gustav Mahler, and Richard Strauss. For reasons we will explore in just a moment, the classic Hollywood film score fell out of favor starting in the late 1950s and through the 1960s, to be replaced by something referred to in the literature as the modern Hollywood film score. The impetus for this modern Hollywood style initially came from such European filmmakers, the so-called cinema auteurs, as Michelangelo Antonioni, Federico Fellini, and Ingmar Bergman, whose art films took the American film community by storm in the late 1950s and 1960s. According to the film historian Emilio Audicino, quote, such cinema 
was no longer interested in the exterior development of action linked to a straight line, oriented toward a final resolution and following tight cause-slash-effect relationships. But it focused on the visual representation of the character's inwardness." Unquote. Audacino is saying that such movies were not so much narrative, that is, they didn't so much tell exterior stories, as they were expressionistic, in that the conscious and unconscious lives of the characters became the stories themselves. The big orchestral sound and broad, colorful tone painting of the classic Hollywood film score was of no use to such movies and their makers, where characters were defined by their nuanced and ever-changing feelings and not by their exterior environment or actions. In fact, many filmmakers of the time were not just wary of using music, but rejected it outright. For example, the French director, screenwriter, and novelist Eric Romer. He was born Jean-Marie Maurice Scherer, 1920-2010, who wrote, quote, With few exceptions, I reject the so-called film music. That is music that is not actually located in the space and time of the film. Music is cinema's falsest friend as it deprives film time of its peculiar exclusivity and objectivity." Unquote. Eric Romer was not alone in his opinion. The new auteur filmmakers believed they no longer needed music to sustain a narrative because their movies were no longer structured as sustained narratives. Trickle down to Hollywood. These admittedly modernist Euro-cinematic ideas, what was called the Nouvelle Vague or the New Wave, had tremendous impact on the commercial American movie industry headquartered in Tinseltown, Hollywood, in Los Angeles, California. In fact, the vast majority of European film scores had never employed the sort of continuous music of the classic Hollywood film score. And it was in the 1960s that, with few exceptions, the classic Hollywood film score went the way of 8-track tape. Like their European counterparts, the commercial American filmmakers of the 1960s adopted a less-is-more approach to music. Increasingly, musical episodes were conceived as self-standing entities framed by silence. Music ceased to adhere absolutely to action. Large orchestras ceased to be the primary performance vehicles. In their stead, jazz ensembles and chamber ensembles came to be employed, playing a wide variety of trending music, from rock and roll to jazz, rhythm and blues to funk, easy listening styled pop to 12-tone atonality. A chicken or egg question. Did American film music become, as it did, a popular stand-alone product in the 1960s because film composers employed contemporary popular idioms? Or did film composers adopt popular idioms because film music was becoming an important standalone product? As usual with such questions, the answer is yes, something of both. 
Whatever, the fact remains that by the early 1960s, popular songs were becoming the key element in a movie's soundtrack. Now, obviously, this had been true for movie musicals going back to the 1920s, but not for non-musicals. Parenthetically, perhaps the great exception to this is the song As Time Goes By from the movie Casablanca of 1942. Not only is the song performed on camera by Dooley Wilson, but it is incorporated into the actual soundtrack of the movie. Along with Over the Rainbow from The Wizard of Oz, the single most famous movie song is As Time Goes By. However, a little known fact, As Time Goes By was not written by Max Steiner for the movie. It was written by Herman Hupfeld in 1931 for the Broadway musical Everybody's Welcome. It experienced a brief bit of popularity before disappearing from view. Its use in Casablanca made Hupfeld a rich man. To the point, the modern American film score that came into existence in the 1960s was based on popular styled songs, songs that could be published and recorded separately from the movie itself. To facilitate this by the 1960s, every major Hollywood studio partially or fully owned an existing record company and had thus created a second and most profitable income stream by selling singles and albums drawn from contemporary movies. The prototypical and easily most influential composer of the modern Hollywood film score was Henry Mancini. Mancini could do it all. He had a classic Hollywood film score's ability to project musical narrative when called on to do so, though his pop song-driven scores were predominantly of the modern Hollywood style. He could compose in virtually any style. He could write a great tune, for example, Days of Wine and Roses, Moon River, Charade, and the Pink Panther theme. And he was the first film composer to make studio recordings, immensely profitable studio recordings, of material originally contained in his movie soundtracks. Writing in his book, Sounds of Commerce, Columbia University Press, 1998, Jeff Smith observes, quote, Mancini's scores emerge as collections of themes with one or two being more prominent than the rest. More importantly, his themes retain the shape and formal character of individual musical numbers, and they typically function with a comparable measure of musical autonomy. Like the songs of a musical, Mancini's themes display a mastery of song structures, a plethora of musical hooks, and a surfeit of memorable melodies. In their orientation towards tunes, Mancini's multi-theme scores proved eminently suited to the format of the pop album." Unquote. And that they are. In fact, because Mancini's film scores so often consist of a series of memorable, self-standing musical numbers, it's sort of impossible not to believe that Mancini had the post-film record market in mind when creating many of his film scores. We would observe that Henry Mancini didn't create this nouvelle vogue. 
He was writing it because that's what the business demanded. He was all too aware of the fact that the emphasis of songs in a film was, at times, detrimental to dramatic narration. We quote Mancini. The minute you put a song over the titles, or in any part of the picture, you're unconsciously trying to play on the viewer's pocketbook. You're trying to get him to listen, to go out and buy. Often these songs don't really make the action progress or make any kind of comment." Unquote. Tomorrow, when we return with Dr. Bob Prescribes, we'll observe how this son of an Italian immigrant steel mill worker, a kid who grew up in the western Pennsylvania mill town of Aliquippa, managed to become one of the most popular and beloved musicians of his generation. Until then, thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.